Bakersoft Story Classic, bringing to you recordings of old storybooks. Sorrow, Mother, No Longer, The Rose Child Summer had come again, and in all the gardens the roses were blooming and giving forth their fragrance. They were in full bloom in all the beds. The young plants bore quite a burden of blossoms, and they nodded down from the flower pots in all the windows. It was a great rose year. The summer evening lay brightly over Wildbach, and all the meadows and woods round about. The golden evening sunlight shone on Dietrich's hat little house, and its glittering windows could be seen from far away. But in front of it, two men were standing with thoughtful faces. One was Uncle Dietrich. He knew that on the morrow, house, fields, and goat would be all be taken away from him and in spite of that he would still be deep in debt. He thrust both hands in his pockets and said angrily, I will go away. I will know nothing more about it. But you must not forget that you will be found, said the other. I will take the child home with me. She really can't work, for you have let her run wild, but I will soon teach her how to use the hoe. After school there are many hours, then she shall help me. She is still young, said the uncle. All the easier to teach, replied the other, and went on his way. It was the road mender of Wildbach, and he had to dig out the weeds from the roads and clear them off. All the children were afraid of him and kept out of his way, for he was very cross and rough and never spoke a friendly word. To this man, Rose Resley was to go early the next morning. He had no children of his own, and it seemed to him quite right to take home such a child as this to do all kinds of drudgery for him. The child herself had no idea of what the men had decided. Even now she was wandering cheerfully through the meadows, far beyond Wildbach, on her way to the mill. Here there was a garden full of marvelous roses, and the miller's wife had promised Rusty a large bunch of them. Soon after the child was seen with her roses in her hand, going back happily by the same road in the golden evening light. She had not gone far when a young man with quick footsteps came up behind her. He was holding his straw hat in his hand and let the fresh, cooling air blow over his head. "'You have some beautiful roses,' he exclaimed when he had caught up with Restley. "'Will you give me one to put in my hat?' Restley nodded in assent and took one out. "'This is That is kind of you. You have given me the most beautiful one of all,' said the stranger, as he placed it with satisfaction in his hat. "'How far are you going?' I am going home to Wildback, was the reply. Then we are going the same way, said the traveler, and walked along with Restley. If you are from Wildback, you must know the people there well, and can tell me something. Does good Frost Steinmann live there still, and is she well? I don't know her, replied Restley. Nobody there has that name. Oh, my, my, groaned the stranger and was silent. Restley looked at him wonderingly for... From time to time he wiped away a tear and no longer looked happy as before. And they had walked along together for some time in silence. The stranger began again. Do you know the way to the crossway, woman? Restley nodded very emphatically and said, I go there every day. Then tell me who lives in the old tumble-down house there at the left on the road where the crooked willow tree stands. The sorrow mother lives there. I know her well. 
What kind of a name is that? Hasn't she any other? I don't know any other. Is she called so because she has had a great deal of sorrow? Do you know? Yes, she has sorrow because she doesn't know whether Joseph is living in misery or not. Oh, oh, exclaimed the stranger again and suddenly strode away so that he left Rusty quite a distance behind. But he turned back again, took the child by the hand and said very kindly, Come, let us walk along together and talk a little more. And he looked so kind and friendly that Rusty felt quite trustful. Tell me, he continued, is the sorrow mo- mother angry with Joseph? Oh, no, every night she prays for him, or else she could not go to sleep, and I help her too. Is that so? And what do you pray for him? I pray, dear Lord, do help Joseph. Perhaps the dear Lord has heard you now and has helped him. Do you believe it? asked Rusty, looking with the greatest interest at the stranger, whose face suddenly lighted up with joy. He said nothing more. Now they came to the crooked willow tree, a few steps from the little old house. Well, good-bye, said Rusty, as she held out her hand to the stranger, evidently somewhat disappointed at his silence. I'm going to see the sorrow mother. I will go with you, he said quickly. But before they opened the door, it was burst open from the inside, and out rushed the sorrow mother, embraced the stranger, and exclaimed again and again, Oh, Joseph, Joseph, is it really you? And she wept aloud for joy, and Joseph had to weep with her. And now when Rusty realized that the stranger was Joseph, who had returned to the sorrow mother and looked so well and not so shabby as she had imagined him, she did not know how to contain herself for joy. She hugged the weeping mother and cried exultingly, The dear Lord has helped him, the dear Lord has helped him. Then all three went into the little house, and the sorrow mother looked her son over from head to foot, and her heart overflowed with thankfulness and joy, for he did not look like one who had been sunk into the depths and gone to ruin and poverty, as she had so often in her chamber at night imagined him to be. She could not look at him enough. He looked so good to her. "'Come, mother, come,' said the young man, with a happy face. "'Now let us sit down together and have something to eat and be merry. "'Can the child bring us something?' "'Oh, yes, she has done that already,' affirmed the mother. "'How much good she has brought me before, and now has brought even my son. "'Where did you find him, Rusty? "'I will tell you all about that, mother. "'But let the child go and get some sausages.' A bottle of wine and a big loaf of bread, requested Joseph, laying a large piece of money on the table. A whole loaf, asked Rusty, with the greatest astonishment, for she could hardly believe that the sorrow mother was to have a whole loaf all at once, but she flew away in such delight over it that she was back again with all the provisions in an incredibly short space of time. Then all three sat down at the little table and had a feast such as was never seen in the room before but the mother could hardly eat for joy and kept asking full of astonishment is this really true joseph and he quite gaily assured her each time that it was and gave rusty one slice of bread after another and sausages too and if she said no no i really can't eat any more it is for the sorrow mother then he would reply just eat and don't worry Mother shall never again suffer want. She shall have enough bread every day. And now, said Joseph, when he had been quite refreshed after his long journey, now I will tell you, Mother, how things have gone with me. 
You know I was to be sent to Australia, but the disgrace of being sent away I would not have, and I couldn't stay here any longer, so I ran away. I went over to England, and there I stayed, because I had no money to go any farther. I had hard times there, had to work hard to earn my living, and thought I should go to de destruction. I really believe your prayers saved me, Mother, for every time when things were at their worst and I was tempted to do wrong, I suddenly heard you as you used to pray in your room beside me, that the dear Lord might bring all misery upon you if only he would at least lead me in the right way. Then I saw you before me and, I, and couldn't do anything wrong to bring you to the grave and I began to work again. I had work in the machine shops and little by little I improved. In nine years one can learn something if one wants to and I wanted to and now I am a skilled mechanic and shall always find work. And now mother you shall have something else. No one shall dare call you sorrow, mother, again. See, mother, I have brought you my savings. Now tell me how you have fared. Whereupon Joseph laid his beautiful, hard-earned dollars before his mother on the table, and the joy in his heart shone out of his eyes when he saw his mother's increasing astonishment. Oh, that you should earn all that through hard, honest work, Joseph. I don't know how to thank the dear Lord is almost too much. And the good mother had to fold her hands and give praise and thanks again and again. But her son said, Tell me now how it has been with you, mother. There's not much to tell, Joseph, she said. I've had hard times and much trouble, and they did not call me the sorrow mother without good cause. But in these last years I have been so very poor and lost my strength, so I thought I should not live through another winter. Then, like an angel from heaven, came the child Rose Rusty, and she gave me back my strength. The whole winter through, and until now, she has supported me, and I know she has often brought me her bread and gone hungry herself, and now I have only one cause for complaint, Joseph. Rusty lives with her uncle Dietrich, and tomorrow he loses his house and home. The child has to go to strangers, and who knows how it will be with her. What? The child who has taken care of you, mother? interrupted Joseph indignantly. We have enough for the child, too. No one needs to give us anything for her. I will go to Dietrich. Rose Rusty shall not leave us again. And he shot out of the door and hurried away. Then Rusty jumped from her stool, fell on the old woman's neck, and cried out in her delight again and again, Sorrow, mother, sorrow, mother, now I can live with you. Now I shall not have to go away again. And the mother held the child fast and said, Oh, Rusty, how much we have to be thankful for. If we thank the dear Lord, as long as we live, it will not be enough. Never forget that in all your life. Now the last trouble is taken away from my heart, and you must not call me Sorrow Mother any more, for I am not so any longer, but I will be a mother to you. When the Uncle Dietrich learned from Joseph what he desired, he was glad, for secretly he was fond of Restley. He was unwilling to give her to the cross-road mender, but he didn't know at the time of any other way, for he had to leave early the next morning. So he said to Joseph, Take the child right away. Don't send her back to sleep, but take her little bed at once. He thought the manor would be safer in this way, for if the road mender came early in the morning, he could not take Restley with him. 
Joseph was much pleased, and pressed another piece of money into Dietrich's hand, for he had heard that the uncle had never been unkind to wrestling. So he took the little bed and its scanty con contents on his shoulder, and came home quite happy with it. It was placed in the little chamber next the mother's bed, and wrestling was unspeakably happy, because now she could remain day and night with her. Joseph found his sleeping place just as he had left it nine years before. His mother had thought every day during this time, perhaps he will come back, and then he must still find a home. And Joseph was so happy to have found his home again that he would not have left it for any money. He found the work that he wanted, for he was a skilled, expert workman. Every morning when he went to work, Wesley placed a rose in his hat. This pleased Joseph very much and made him feel happy at his work. He always had a rose, even when there was no more to be seen anywhere about, for Wesley knew every place where a last rose could be blooming, and she obtained the rose from the one to whom it belonged. As soon as the story became known, how Wesley had supported the sorrow mother for a whole year long, almost alone, everybody loved her even much more than before, and wherever she went she received roses from the gardens, whether they were the first or the last. So the three happy people lived together in the smallest house in Wildback, and Rose Wesley will be her name all her life long. Thank you for listening to another episode of Acresoft Story Classic.